Friends, today is the first Sunday of Advent, which just happens to be the Sunday following Thanksgiving. Now, I'm not sure what your Thanksgiving holiday looked like this year. We're so accustomed to gathering with our immediate families and sometimes even our extended families to feast and fellowship together. But it's 2020, and this year has no doubt thrown a wrench into many of our plans for safety, uh, for the safety and protection of everyone in our families. So whether you gathered with all of your loved ones this past week, or if you stayed home with your immediate family and Zoomed or FaceTimed with everyone else, I do hope and pray that your Thanksgiving Day was one of rest, but also one of gratitude. You see, we're all aware that planning for guests and family during the holidays requires a lot of preparation. We've got to prepare meals for everyone, which not only requires us to, to, to make those meals, but to think through what those meals are going to be and to purchase those groceries from the grocery store so that we have what we need to prepare them. It also means that we have to clean up the house and get rid of all the mess and the clutter that happens to be around, that we've got to deep clean the bathrooms and wipe down and dust off the furniture so that our homes are presentable for our guests. It may also require you to get out the leaf blower and to do some yard work in order to make sure that things look right as folks show up to your home. Having family and guests over to our homes is a wonderful thing, but it certainly requires us to prepare for their arrival. As we kick off the official new year of the church this first Sunday in Advent, we begin a new sermon series entitled Prepare. The truth is, is that the season of Advent is a time of preparation, a time for us to prepare for the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, but it is also a time for us not only to reflect on his birth, but on his second advent, his return, his second coming that he has promised us. And our scripture today from the prophet Isaiah reminds us of the need to prepare. But before we jump into the text itself, let me help set the stage for you for what we're actually reading today. You see, after Solomon's reign as king of Israel, the kingdom split in two. Israel to the north and Judah to the south. The 12 tribes of Israel were divided with 10 of those tribes in Israel to the north and two of those tribes to Judah in the south. And throughout this division, there were many kings who rose up to rule Israel and Judah, some good and many who did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so God raised up prophets to confront the kings, reminding them of his ways and calling them to repent. Yet so often they refuse to do what God asked. Now, Jeremiah and Isaiah are two of the major prophets who were called by God to warn them of the judgment they would incur if they refused to listen to what God had commanded. As you know, they did not listen, and so God carried out their punishment, their just punishment for what they had chosen, not what God wanted. What was this punishment, you ask? Well, it was exile. Israel was captured by the Assyrians and exiled from their homeland. And even though Judah knew what had transpired there, they still refused to repent. So God allowed the Babylonians to ransack Judah, including the temple and killing many of the Jews and then exiling the remainder back to Babylon away from their homeland. 
the unthinkable and unimaginable took place. Those who had God on their side found themselves at the mercy of Gentile foreigners who invaded the promised land God had given to them. They burned it down, and they led them away to a pagan land where the worship of other gods was practiced. The people of God, they were devastated. Their homeland was crushed. Their temple was destroyed. Their economy was decimated, and many of their own people were slain. All hope and comfort seemed lost, and for years on end there was silence. There was no word from the Lord. There was 70 years of silence, to be exact, but also 70 years of confessed repentance from the exiles and 70 years of longing for God to remember them and to deliver them from their wilderness and return them back home. Many dreamed of returning to the temple to worship. Many dreamed of joy and fellowship and celebrating God's goodness at their festivals, for all of this had ceased. But finally, finally one day that silence was broken. Here are now the words from the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. God had not forgotten his people. God speaks to the divine council in the kingdom of heaven and sends out an executive order that his angels and messengers are to bring comfort to a people who have grieved for years. He commands his messengers to share the good news that their sins have been paid for. Forgiveness has been granted unto them, and it's time for them now to lift up their heads and open their eyes to see what God is about to do. And so they hear a voice of one calling out, In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. It's time for God's people to open up their eyes, to open up their ears, and to open up their hearts to prepare for God's deliverance from exile. The time of grieving is over. Comfort has come to those who have mourned, and hope is given to a people who had lost all hope that things would ever change. Can you imagine hearing these words of comfort, hope, and joy? Can you imagine hearing that God is coming to deliver you from exile, to return you to your home? God is going to restore their former way of life, and there is no obstacle that will get in His way. In fact, every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground will be leveled and all the rugged places will become a plain. God is going to bulldoze every obstacle that would hinder their swift return home. 
And so the Lord calls his angels to clear a straight path, a highway from Jerusalem all the way to Babylon to lead his people out. And God is the one who will lead this victory parade, and the people will follow him, joyfully praising as they enter into God's presence again. The glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all of them will see it together. What great news for a crushed people. God is coming, so get ready. Isaiah proclaims that it is time for them to prepare to get their affairs in order, to inform their families, and to watch and wait for God to act. We know that God's words are not empty. Um, They've learned this the hard way, but now they have hope, knowing that these words from the prophet are not cheap promises, but truth to prepare for. Now they can see a light at the end of such a dark tunnel and they anxiously prepare for God to completely drive the darkness away. Does this at all sound familiar to you? Exile, isolation, hopelessness, despair, wondering if God is here at all? Grieving the life we once knew, feeling lost in the wilderness, separated from worship and fellowship and from one another, the death tolls continue to rise, more and more getting sick. Political leadership oppresses the country with a refusal to compromise on a stimulus to support those who are unemployed or slowly losing their businesses. Hospitals are maxed to their capacity. Healthcare workers are exhausted. Many don't have health care coverage when they need it the most. Others wait in long lines to get boxes of food so they can have a meal to eat. It appears as if God is silent as the world spins completely out of control. God's word rings true. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. We hear a voice calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. And we've heard this voice before. John the Baptist fulfilled Isaiah's words as a voice in the wilderness calling to prepare for the Messiah, for Jesus the Christ. And Jesus indeed comes to deliver. He comes to reconcile. He comes to give hope to the hopeless and rest for the weary. He comes to bring healing and restoration. He comes to bring food for the hungry. And he longs to feed them with more than bread, but with good things. And he comes to drive the darkness away with his marvelous light. Jesus is the glory of the Lord to be revealed, and all people have seen him, whether in the flesh or through the words written for us in Scripture or even by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, together we proclaim God's good news that Jesus is Lord and that he comes once and for all to deliver us from our sins and to lead us into his grace and to his truth and into his righteousness. Even in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of exile and isolation, Jesus is truly Emmanuel, God with us. He has not abandoned us, nor has he forsaken us. 
You see, the God of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps, as the psalmist declares. His words today remind us that he has come to lead us and that he continues to lead us each and every day, especially in the midst of the chaos and the struggles we're working through this year. Today, we are reminded of the good news of God's promise of comfort, of hope, and of joy. Seventy years is a long time to endure separation from your homeland and silence from God. And I know that these last eight months have seemed like 70 years to many of us, but it's only been eight months. We feel like we're wandering in the wilderness and remain unsure of when this nightmare will ever end And yet in the midst of all the disruption and the uncertainty, God's word rings aloud to us today. Prepare the way for the Lord. You see, God is doing something. God has heard our cries. God knows our worries and he understands our fears. The divine counsel has once again been reassembled and his word once again has gone forth. Comfort Comfort my people, says your God. You see, there's hope. There is a light shining in the midst of the darkness. There is good news that God is doing something, making a way, preparing to lead us all back home, safely to his church for worship, fellowship, study, and service, safely back to our careers, providing in the midst of economic uncertainty. We are told that every valley will be raised up, that the rough ground will be leveled, that the rugged places will become a plain. Our mourning will turn to dancing. Our fears will turn to hope. Our anxiety will turn to shouts of praises for the Lord who has heard his people and who promises to deliver us. Friends, today is the first Sunday of the season of Advent, the first day of the new church year, and we are prepared to, we are called to prepare for the coming of the Lord and to get ready for God's salvation to be made known. We know that God has already answered that prayer in the birth of Jesus the Christ, and so we celebrate it as his people every year, watching and waiting for the day of his glorious birth together. And yet this year is like no other. Christmas has a different feel for us, does it not? And certainly we will prepare as we have done in years past. We will decorate, we will sing carols and hymns, we will shop and wrap gifts and place them under our trees. We will prepare for family. But at the end of the day, we find that Christmas is not about the gifts or the tree or the cards or even the meals. It's about a Savior who enters the chaos of our world and leads us in His truth and delivers us from sin and darkness into the fellowship of Almighty God. And so as we begin this season of Advent, this time of preparation, may you and I prepare like we've never prepared before. May we be intentional in seeking God's face 
in acknowledging God's presence with us, in sharing God's love with others, and keeping our eyes open to see what God is doing. There is hope. There is good news of a vaccine that will soon begin to be delivered to provide protection from this deadly virus. But it's important to know that this is not simply the work of human hands. It's not simply the ingenious minds of our scientists. It's not coincidence or a lucky lab experiment. It's the comfort and the hope and the joy of Almighty God who is making a way, clearing all obstacles so that you and I might return home. You see, exile can present itself in many and various forms, but the good news of God is that there is nothing that can exile or isolate or even separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, we're still waiting. We're still watching for everything to come to fruition. But we're called to prepare the way for the Lord, to prepare ourselves to receive the Lord, to allow God to lead us home so that we may together shout His praises and sing songs of deliverance, offering prayers of thanksgiving and giving our very lives to the one who gave His very life so that we might have life and have it abundantly. So friends, I urge you this Advent season to prepare the way for the Lord. And may we do so with gladness, with joy, and with hope and with a blessed assurance that this is the word of the Lord. And out of his mouth, he has spoken to all of us. Friends, may it be so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.